Welcome to Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Amanda Norris, and I'm the Associate Content Manager for the Strategy, Finance, Payer, and Revenue Cycle Markets for Health Leaders. Today, I'm here to chat with Stacey Taylor, CFO at Nemaha County Hospital, a top 100 critical access hospital in Nebraska, about some innovative strategies she has used to improve financial outcomes and revenue cycle performance. Stacey, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Amanda. So to start us off, would you mind telling us a little bit about your professional background and about Nemaha County Hospital? Sure. Like you said, my name is Stacy Taylor. I'm the Chief Financial Officer here at Nemaha County Hospital. Started my career here uh, about 25 years ago. Um, when I started here at the hospital, I was performing insurance coordinator job duties. So I was billing insurances, um, working in our business office, just doing a, a multitude of, of different job duties and, and assignments as far as registering patients, um, doing insurance, doing collections. Um, shortly after that couple years, um, I worked as the insurance, then I took over as the business office director um, and performed that duty until 2017 and then took over as the chief financial officer of the organization. Um, so now at this point, um, I am part of our administrative team here at the hospital. Um, we have an administrative leadership council that I sit on, and then I still oversee the business office and HIM director, um, but she's in charge of the 10 people they have within the business office. The hospital, we sit in the southeast corner of Nebraska. We're a small critical access hospital. see about 2,000 ER patients a year. Roughly about 25,000 outpatients come through our facility in a year. So, Healthcare organizations have had a bumpy few years financially as they try to navigate inflation and labor shortages, among many other challenges. So how has your organization been dealing with these challenges, especially as a critical access hospital? Uh, yeah, so as a critical access hospital, one thing that we have done here at our hospital is just made ourselves true to the the critical access module um, and the model of reimbursement. We've kind of stayed true to that outpatient business. We see roughly 80% of our business is outpatient services. So we try to stay in the market with bringing in as many outpatient doctors that we can from the bigger cities so that they can see patients locally here um, and try to help our patients so they're not having, having to drive an hour to get to the city. We can keep them to be seen here at the hospital in a rural setting. As far as dealing with some of these challenges, labor shortage has been the biggest challenge we've had in the last couple of years. We tried really hard to stay true to that core and, and work with hiring staff locally, making staff members our own. Uh, one change that we saw happen after COVID was we just needed to make the decision to start working with some contract agencies as far as getting some nursing staff coverage and also for our radiology department we utilize some contract staffing. You said that creating an agile environment in small community hospitals is important and of course it is but what does this mean for you and how have you been able to achieve it? Uh, yeah so when I say agile I a lot of what I mean there is we need to be able to adapt to changes that are coming to us 
Um, and in the business office area, we actually merged our medical records and our business office area together into one space. So when it came to, to working with one another, we've got coders sitting right next to the biller. So that way we can get our claims out the door a little more quickly. We've cross-trained a, a lot of people within the business office. So like I said, we have 10 members in there and with having them cross-trained, everybody knows how to answer the phone. Everyone knows how to cover our front desk. Um, everyone knows how to set up a patient um, and complete an admission for them. That way we can uh, help each other out when we've, we've, we're short staffed was the main thing. But being small, uh, we, we can still do a lot of big things here at the hospital. So being small, we can make changes on a dime. If something needs to change with the, the registration process, we huddle our team together and we can make that change in a matter of hours. That's great. So I know we just talked a little bit about, you mentioned your nurses. So workforce optimization is important for all healthcare organizations, but especially critical access hospitals. So CFOs are looking for cost efficient ways to improve clinical staff productivity. And you took a stab at this by bringing new nurse hires into the business office for the day to show them how the daily work of a nurse can impact the revenue cycle for each patient. So how did you come up with this idea and how has it been successful in workforce optimization? Um, yeah, so we came up with this idea. We were brainstorming um, myself and our chief nursing officer. And then I had a couple of business office staff members, office staff members. She had a couple of her nursing assistants. And we were talking about how it would be nice if the nursing staff also realized why we needed to get the registration information that we needed in place so that that would enable us to take care of billing on the back end. Um, the nurses were the ones that came up with the idea that it would be good to shadow within the business office to see why, why they need to ask for the information that they are asking upon registration. Um, keep in mind, our nursing staff does do all of the registrations for the emergency room, as well as any of the patients that are being admitted to the floor. So what we did was we decided that every nurse upon hire, when we're in their orientation day, we bring them into the business office and show them the steps that a patient goes through from the time they come in through the door, when they sit down for the admission, they go back for treatment and then they come back on the billing end of things, get an itemized bill. Um, we talk through how we file insurance claims and process edits, then to the point where we're doing the um, collections and final payment. And so they could see the big picture at that point as far as why it was important to get all this information from patients at the beginning of their service. That's great. So let me ask you, have you tried anything like this with your physicians? Um, we actually, kind of around the same time period, our administrative team uh, meets together on a weekly basis. And then um, that's every Monday morning we meet for a couple of hours. And then later on that Monday afternoon, the uh, health information business office director and our CEO and our chief nursing officer, chief operating officer, the three of them meet with the physicians that are in-house. We have, so we don't own any of our physicians. We contract with physicians for ER coverage. 
and the physician's office is across the street, so they actually staff our ER with a PA in-house 24-7. So on that Monday afternoon, the PA that's on call, the PA that's in-house and the doctor that's on call will meet with the team and just talk about how things are flowing, how they've, how everything for the last week went. And sometimes this meeting can be 15 minutes, sometimes half an hour. Um, it seems to work very well and keeps that communication going back and forth, especially since we are two different, uh, two separate entities. So what other positive outcomes have you seen by providing your clinical staff with a look at some behind the scenes revenue cycle processes? Um, you know, the biggest outcome is that we, we're all seeing ourselves as part of the same team, you know, the same work groups, our nurses, our clinical departments, I, I would say, you know, our radiology and lab departments as well. Everybody's working together towards that common goal for the patient. Um, and we're not broken into silos of this is nursing staff, this is business office staff. We look at it as we're all taking care of the patient. So how can we get the best patient care outcome possible? It flows right along with our um, internal mission statement. You know, our quality care every time is our mission statement. And so that truly brings that level of care to our patients. It also provides good outcomes amongst our departments and internally. So we look at each other as as each other's customers now at, at points in time. So we aren't we aren't uh, we aren't hesitant to have some good communication flowing back and forth between our different departments. Speaking of the revenue cycle and finance, when it comes to reimbursement, how are you able to maintain margins when you're dealing with lower reimbursed sites of service? When it comes to our reimbursement, we really are focused in on that outpatient side of business. So when we're looking at bringing on new services, you know, if we're, if we're bringing a new doctor in-house, what are the types of surgeries that he could perform? Um, when that surgery finishes up, what, what can we do to uh, do some therapy on the back end and get the patients doing some of those ancillary services on the outpatient side? So when it, when it comes to the reimbursement, we really do try to focus on what types of additional outpatient services we can provide to our patients. Right. So looking a little bigger picture, as a smaller community hospital, how are you achieving financial stability? And what tips do you have for other CFOs of small community hospitals looking to stay afloat? Uh, yeah. So as a smaller uh, critical access hospital, you know, I've said it a couple of times, you know, focusing on those outpatient services, but also looking at your costs. You know, COVID when that came into play, kind of forced us to do a lot of educational activities and things like that from here in the office. So um, we've actually engaged in a lot of webinar education and eliminated a lot of our excess costs that we had as far as traveling to get educational meetings and such. So, you know, looking at ways not only to bring in that, that revenue, that outpatient side of business, but as a small critical access hospital, how can we can control some of our costs that aren't fixed? There's lots of free education out there. So that that was a big piece on um, being able to, to get education to keep us moving forward and learning what we needed to do in the hospital side. 
Well, that's all the time that we have for today, unfortunately. But thank you so much for joining me, Stacey. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Of course. All right. Well, this brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast, and we'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.